Okay, this is episode 165 of Tell Me Where to Turn. Coming to you live from a uh, post-apocalyptic Nashville. <laughs> it's uh, same here as well yeah. in, in Dallas land. But, uh, yeah, this is Tommy two underscore zero where you can find me on Twitter and you can find the show at Where to Turn Pod. Well, you can find me at Glenn three underscore eleven, and uh, I'll just get out ahead of it. The half of the Swole Society you can find, I believe, in Las Vegas right now. Yes, the contractual dispute with the Swole Society has taken an unexpected turn. <laughs> there has been a walkout. That's right. They I, have racked the weights and walked out of the gym. I'm, I'm assuming right now that that Dave and Muscle Matt are at a craps table, just talking to the <clears throat> dealer about amino acids and <laughs> what rack you can use when and. Things of things of that nature. I will tell you the last text I got from Point Break Dave. So they have landed in Vegas, and he's he's got me on a new workout program, which if you listen to, I believe, episode six of the Swole Society we cover, he said, go get it tomorrow, max effort through the whole thing. Is that not an inspirational Swole Society quote Man. right there? Wow, did he... Do you tag an advertisement for some overpriced cereal with it? I kind of pictured him texting with one hand while he's just throwing the dice down the craps table and the other hand screaming for the hard six or something like that. Yeah, that's probably... That, that is mo- motivational, though. He's uh, maybe starting another line of work soon. I'll tell you what. Um, I'm feeling very motivated. It's, an, it's, a, it's a workout you have to get done in 10 minutes and... I told him my goal was to get it done in about fifty. So I was going to say, I think I know. I think I know what one of those are. <laughs> yeah, so, I was going to say if you hit max time on that workout, whew, what? Um, start your own podcast. It's been a, it's been a couple of weeks. How's the, how's the weight loss and or gain going right now? We've added two more pounds to the oh. ledger as of this morning. Yeah, this is not good. This is not good. Man. This this um, workout that the Swole Society talked me into, it, I'm sore in every possible place you can be sore. Even there. Okay. It's all, everywhere. And I've added two pounds to the ledger. And tomorrow I have the uh, 10 minutes of torture to look forward to. Right. Um, after I kind of got back to it, uh, I guess right after the first of the year, actually got about a, uh, the good combo, the, Hey, I'm getting stronger in the gym and I've lost like five or six pounds, but let's go back to last weekend. Once the weather cleared and we'll get to that whole story later, but, will we? uh, yeah, last Saturday it was, uh, kids had the idea for, I think some Arby's would sound pretty good right now. So I, I didn't climb the Meat Mountain, which is which is an option. But I mean, I definitely went with like a like a double roast beef and cheddar, and then lots of curly fries. And then I was out I was out at the the new ballpark on Monday watching some college baseball, and uh, made three different trips to the concession stand. 
So I haven't weighed myself since all that, but I think those five pounds came right back. I thought that was going to be three trips somewhere else. The concession stand's okay. Uh, yeah, but I legitimately did not have any equalizer, at least to a great extent. But I had, I don't think I've ever had a food hangover before. But on this past Tuesday, like I felt bad all day just oh, from no. what I had eaten the day before. Did you get the meat sweats? In the middle of the night, I did. And I woke up and I, I thought I was going to get physically ill, but then I managed to fall back asleep. But the whole next day, I just felt just bad the whole day. Isn't it bad that you've reached the age now where 20 years ago you'd feel bad the whole day because you had like, you know, nine Jack and Cokes and now it's you just eat some high-calorie food and it wipes you out for a day? Yeah, the 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 brisket tacos at Globe Life Field are very tasty, but they'll stick with you. It was like a 24-hour digestion period. Whoa. Well, if we have two general rules of thumb for this show. It's it's one to always date your spouse, which is always one, but I think it's two is the body is a temple. Yeah. And you can't be expecting Globe Life Park brisket tacos to agree with said temple. They were just I mean that that meat was just bathed in grease from like the grease of like the last 10 seasons. Was Not to not to bring up more bad memories, but didn't you have a similar episode at Camden Yard with some type of real questionable food order at a stadium that you regretted? Didn't you order like a oyster sandwich or something <laughs> No, when it was me, like 90 degrees outside? No, me and Paul Bearer got, uh, I can't remember what the special was. Like uh, it was some sort of uh, seafood slash barbecue concoction. And we it, it, sounds like a great idea. And it was a large meal, and and we both finished about two thirds of it. And then mine had been sitting at my feet for half the game, and I got hungry again. And I thought, I mean, it's been baking in the ninety degree sun, but we could probably go ahead and finish this. And yeah, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't go great in in the hours that followed. So. What are the sight lines like at the Globe Life? I haven't been out, so... That, that place is fantastic. Okay. I mean, it is... Um, I, I know people have, you know, great memories of the ballpark in Arlington. Um, well, I can think of one guy who does it. <laughs> Let's have him <laughs> I on. There's, there's a statue of him out front. But uh, this new place... I don't think it's that much to look at from the outside, but on the inside, I mean, I think it's, I think they did a great job. Yeah. I'm excited to get, get back for a game. I'm hoping by the time our annual summer pilgrimage to the Metroplex is in full swing, that social distancing and capacity limits are high enough that, uh, even somebody on my meager bankroll can afford a ticket. It's a given. I I think they're definitely going to have fans there. It's just a matter of how many. But even if, for this deal, I think they were maxing out at, I think it was 40% of capacity, so around like 15,000. So really for the Rangers this year, that's probably about the max they're going to gonna expect anyway beyond opening day and when the, 
the Red Sox or the Yankees are in town. Well, I mean, I figure people will pay big bucks to get out there and see Lance Lynn and Elvis Andrews. And... So I'm not sure if you heard, but their their best player is referred to as IKF. So I don't <laughs> think that's a good sign. Yeah, and I believe that I saw IKF play more recently than uh, any of you guys did, and it wasn't at Globe Life Field. It's a little something we like to call Sound Stadium. <laughs> yeah, I, I can uh, I can agree with you there. Did they play the national anthem before the game? They did, and I kind of got. Um, I, I'm not a resistor to the national anthem, but uh, before the Texas game, I, that that's when I was going down to get my brisket tacos before that game uh, started, and I was down there in the concession area when the anthem kicked off and I was kind of doing the, well, I'm not out there in the ballpark, so I can just kind of lounge here. I was standing up, but not really like hand over heart or anything. You didn't drift down to say a single knee or anything like that. No, no, especially not on these bad knees, but I'm just kind of standing there. And then there was a lady probably around 50 years old that kind of glared over at me about, you know, 10 seconds into the anthem. I was, what are you doing over there? And I kind of got pressured. So I went hand over heart. You know, I felt like I'd do that for my country. Yeah. No, no, not the raised fist, hand over the heart. I I just went traditional. That's that's yeah. what I was feeling, feeling at the time. Well, the reason I even bring it up is our last recording, we uh, had planned before the episode to play the national anthem as the open and then get into the discussion about the Mavericks and the anthem. And then we talked about wrestling the entire episode, never got around to the national anthem in any capacity that I'm aware of. (laughs) Yeah. Not that I remember. Well, actually that's not exactly true. We did, but then Adam Silver called and said, nah, we're going to go and take that out of the podcast. And who am I to, who am I to argue with him? He's the commish. Yeah, he is the commish. Did you hear they uh, canceled Mr. Potato Head today? You going to be okay with this news? Yeah, so now it's just Potato Head? Yeah. Mm. Huh. So I guess if he were to ever enter the ring again, he would just be known as Perfect and not Mr. Perfect. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, I don't know if you heard, but Mr. Perfect was wrestling and... Josh Hamilton tried to toss him a foul ball. So we need, we just need to put an urn in the ring. I got around to watching the Paul Bear doc this week, as a matter of fact. I need to watch that. You know, and, and I, I hesitate to even say this. It was not bad, but I wanted it desperately to be better than it was. It, it was, it was probably so, so, uh, there's there's several very good docs on there. This was not the best. It's definitely it's only 51 minutes, so it's definitely worth watching, but it was not as um not as good as I had hoped it would be. I feel like they they did an episode on him on something to wrestle, right? Mhm. And I feel like that was really good and definitely longer than 51 minutes. So yeah. you get more detail. You know, and he's a uh, He's an interesting character, and they had some good behind-the-scenes stuff, but they didn't, they didn't really get too much into 
the years where he was heavily involved in different storylines and it was more just, you know, hey, he did this, you know, when he was younger, he did this and then he got really fat and then they were really worried about his health and, you know, but it, it, I think there was a lot more, a lot more that could have been done with it and, and really be beyond the, uh, you know, Undertaker who was great, you know, providing his commentary, they didn't, uh, they didn't go real deep on the talent roster to get a lot of other opinions than just Undertaker and Kane, which is fine. It just, I felt like there was more that could have been done. Right. I'll check it but out. Boy, you think he was a weird looking guy just in his typical ring attire. The, the candid photos of him at home, just in his hangout at home, not in character. Wow. He was a weird looking guy. Really? Yes. Just alarmingly. So, I mean, considering that, his character and his actual line of work were they did the same thing. I mean, that probably requires a certain personality. Yeah. Certain, certain degree of, uh, certain degree of oddness, but you know, we're burying the lead here. We had a really crazy week. We have, it's been tough times. Yeah. And I almost hesitate to tell you about my tough times because I feel like your tough times and just the entire state of Texas's tough times. I mean, it's not even really comparable, but I'll give you the short version because I'm much more interested in your story. The, the, uh, the high level is the area where I live is a little bit more prepared for extreme temperature drops. So the risk of pipe breaking and some of the things that I know happened to a lot of people in the Metroplex was not really in play here because the homes are just built differently to be uh, more winterized because of the temperatures. But we did have the impassable street situation for about four days where there was, there was absolutely no leaving the house. Oh, wow. And that happened to coincide with my wife being on a trip out of town. And she became stranded and unable to get home. So what was supposed to have been leave Friday, get back Monday morning, turned into Wednesday. And there were some times there when I was you know, home with both our children and we were, we were running precariously low on food that I was thinking, hmm, we're going to have to maybe take some extreme measures. And it puts you in a weird position, too, because had we all been home and we were out of food, I would have just jumped in the car and taken a run at it. But then you feel really weird putting your two children at potentially at risk because you're hearing about all these oh, yeah. accidents and cars running off the road. And, and you're saying, well, gosh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to unnecessarily put them at risk just to, you know, go get a hamburger. <laughs> you're hitting up a Hardee's. That's yeah, probably not worth it. But our uh, our area, so starting Sunday night and all the way through basically Friday morning was just frozen absolutely solid. And the uh, the funniest thing that happened, and, and I, uh, I'll put funny in quotes, were uh, my wife did make it back, um, I guess, Wednesday, and we, she had just gotten home. And we hear a ring at the doorbell, and we're going, well, who would possibly ring in the doorbell? Because they've already they've already suspended the mail, they've suspended Amazon deliveries, FedEx deliveries. So it, it, we're you know we're assuming, well, gosh, somebody in the neighborhood must need something. Well, we go to the door, and lo and behold, our maid is standing there. 
Because Wednesday's the day she comes over to clean the house. And I'm okay. looking in the street, and I'm looking at her car, and I'm like, how how did she pull this off? But sure enough, she's there and ready to roll. And we, we, know, we didn't, you know, compel her to come there in any way. So we we're like, great. So we kind of, you know, moved out of the way, and she did her thing. And, you know, two or three hours later, she's headed out. She's not gone two minutes. My wife gets a odd text and it says, Hey, is that truck that's parked in your driveway four wheel drive? And my wife's like, why? Well, I'm in the ditch outside. Oh no. Oh no. So she had uh, made it down our street, taken a left at where it starts to go downhill and then slid all the way through into the ditch. Mm, That is unfortunate. Did you ask her if she had any food? When she showed up. It's like, it's really great that you're here. You don't happen to have any milk and ground beef in the back of your car, do you? <laughs> so that would be excellent. Are there chips back there? Because I could really go for some queso right now. So are you are you a jerk if you call a delivery service during a yes. situation like that? Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, just clear that up. Because Sunday night when it first started, uh, I, I may have called John Schnatter... Just to see, and I mean, they were delivering, and and he uh, and and he did uh, he did deliver, but everything shut down after that. But I, I was curious, you know, even when things were just starting to turn. I think was that was that a bad move? I think you're kind of a jerk. You're especially a jerk if you're not tipping like at least double or triple what you normally would, just for hazard um, pay. I mean, but I guess if you just take the number zero, you can multiply it by anything. <laughs> I really wish we would have had this conversation before uh, I ordered that pizza. I'll take that. Take this out. Mark the time. Just gave him the. I just gave him the customary two dollars. Two dollars. What? Nineteen eighty-seven. Yeah, I mean, cover his gas money to get out of the neighborhood. That's like my dad's customary tip when I, when we were kids of course we were eating in grandies and ponchos most of the time but there was never like a hey let's calculate the 15 percent like it was always just reach in and just grab like two or three ones and put them on the table and that's it if it was just the family if it was like a big group that's a little different but yeah we went Ate at all no, kinds I, of places, and two dollars was the tip, and I was like, "I guess that's what you do." Well, before I get any outrage on social media, I always do. I always just click the twenty percent box. So, we ordered a pizza that cost ten dollars. That's two bucks. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what your problem is. No, I uh, I did take care of the driver in this instance. Now I'm not like Point Break Dave, who's in Vegas right now, probably tipping people twenty dollars and just throwing money around like he does, but. Yes, I did. I did go a little over and above for the young man because, yeah, he was putting his life on the line to deliver me um, some breadsticks and uh, and pizza. I went and got the uh, mini cinnamon rolls too. It was delicious. Oh, well, congrats! I have no idea why I've gained so much weight. <laughs> <laughs> so, but during these uh, treacherous four days, like you, you did not venture out anywhere. You were just no, at the I, house. I, I um. My my vehicle did not move from its spot for seven consecutive days. 
And uh, and then the first trip that made out after that was to uh, get food for the family. So yeah, we we stayed off the roads and it it was pretty sketchy, but we got to do um, awesome sledding. And this is where I feel bad because I can't really post that on Facebook. Because like everything in my newsfeed is like people's ceilings hanging down and water rushing out the garage. And then I'm like, hey, here's us on a hill just hauling it on a sled because this is awesome. Like I can't do it, but boy, we had big times. I know. Now think of that. I mean, you uh, assisted in in the killing of a poor Liberian and that got you this cush job up in Tennessee and then you escape the the power the Texas power grid through your mm-hmm. through your privilege and then you're sledding down the street I don't know yeah. it kind of all adds up to me oh I wasn't even sledding down the street we have like a small uh a small you know hill mountain in our neighborhood you know we were we were doing things that couldn't even be possible in the metroplex did you go out on the pond well let me tell you, the pond froze solid, and uh, I had to pull one of my children back from trying mm. to go out of the pond. That I, I just kind of remember what happened in Wonderful Life, and I don't want one of them to grow up with like being deaf in one ear. That's just ridiculous. And, yeah, uh, yeah. The pharmacist here is pretty mean, and it just it, the whole thing just seemed like a bad idea. But I will show you, uh, I will show you a picture of this hill we sledded, sledded down, and uh, you will be jealous because. It was amazing, and it's not just one day of sledding. It's multiple days of sledding that we enjoyed while our power stayed on and our uh, our home uh, stayed nice and toasty warm and all the water flowing freely. Well, just think about uh, everything that went on in Texas during this whole thing. I mean, we, we kicked it off with a 100-plus car pileup on I-35, that, I that, couldn't believe that's how we got things started. I couldn't believe the footage of that. Oh, how does that? How do people drive that fast in those? I conditions? don't know. It, it's just terrible. And I, I think there was. I mean, speed was a factor, and I think just the where it backed up the the FedEx truck that just plowed through like eight cars. Yeah. I, I think it was kind of uh, driving up over a hill so they couldn't tell the traffic was at, at a complete stop. And then it was too late. But, well, and, and I told my wife when she was trying to brave the trip home, I said, if something happens, do not get out of the car. Just oh, stay right, in the right. car. Like that, that was the part that just was heartbreaking about that is all these people that, you know, I mean the handful of people that died, like, if what just happened to you happened, the person coming behind you, the same thing's going to happen. Stay in the car. Right. Brace for impact. And I fear that uh, in those conditions or just any time, you know, just on the highway, on the interstate, when, when it stops down, and especially if you're at the back of a long line of cars just sitting there and you're just looking in your rearview mirror like, I have no control here. If some guy's just not paying attention, it's uh, we're just done. I, th- I think I've told this on the podcast before, but I found myself in a situation like that on the George Bush Turnpike uh, driving to Arlington and, you know, just had to light it up to stop. And then, then you know, then realizing real quickly, like, oh, man, I'm the last guy in line and was, was in the left lane. So I, I looked up at the last second and just squirted out into the shoulder 
And the guy in front of me just got obliterated by the car that was behind me. Like I squeezed out a line and let him take the hit. Did you? Then did you? You posted. You like posted and shared your your sledding video with him. Yeah, I just kind of reached in the cab while he was laying there, slumped over the street. I was like, "Hey, man, that's a pretty big hill, huh? Check that out. Getting some decent speed. See that pond? I mean, it was it was frozen over, but we decided not to yeah, not to cross just, it. You know, it's just pretty, but we just didn't we didn't want to walk on. But yeah, no, I I know exactly what you're talking about. And that's that's part of the reason why. I didn't want to get out and even try when the weather started to break because it just felt like, you know, barring a medical emergency, there's just not that much you need to be doing that's so important that you want to put put it on the line like that. Because no matter how careful you are, there's a lot of people out there that have the uh, classic line of like, well, hey, look, I, I grew up in the north. I know how to drive in this stuff. Right. I mean, I think when it hit here um, on that Sunday – like it was great. I mean, it was cold, but the snow's coming down. We're outside, you know, having fun, running around. You know, go you know across the neighborhood here. There's a creek over there that the kids like to play in year round, and it had frozen over. Um, so they're out standing on that. Even I crossed it, even though, like the instant I stepped out of there, I can hear it cracking, and I'm just trying to get across as soon as possible. But uh, we're having fun. You know, you got the, I've got the, the Yeti with plenty of Knob Creek in it. I mean, we got a fire going inside and out. We're, you know, having, oh, man. having like a good Norman time. Rockwell. Oh, this is just amazing. Uh, and then I guess it was Sunday night into Monday morning was when the blackout started. And, Did you have those pipes dripping? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, no, we were... We were, let me, I'll get to that now. Um, Very ahead of the game. Oh, this is unprecedented time. So we're, I mean, pipes are dripping. We're insulating everything inside and out that we can. We're we're taking every precaution. Put the old uh, foam thing over the hose. Bingo. We've got them. See, you're a good homeowner. I'm proud of you. We were one short. So I had to just one of them just had like the towel wrapped around and it put a plastic bag and just like duct tape it. But um it we're okay and it worked. But what do I not think of? And no tragedy occurred because of this, but I have a tankless water heater. So I don't have the tank up in the attic. But the tankless is up in the attic and there is a protocol when you expect a freeze to drain what's what's in there. Oh, I didn't know that. Prepare for never, that. Yeah, I've never been affluent enough to afford such a luxury. I didn't do that. It never crossed my mind at any point in time that I needed to do something. And by the time I realized it, it was it was too late. So that was as we got into Monday. Like woke up in the middle of the night and the clocks are blinking and all that. I'm like, okay, I get it. There might have been just power shut off for a few hours. We'll be back. No big deal. Yeah, a few hours was more like six or eight, Ooh. and then it'd come back on, and we're I, and I was like, okay. At this point, I didn't know that it was going to be the rolling. I thought it was like a one-time deal. So it comes back on, but only for like three hours, and then we're out again. So and what did the what did the numerical temperature readout say in the house? What did so we get down to? Through Monday. 
the power was out, but Monday was a holiday. It was President's Day. So didn't have to work. Kids don't have school. So again, the power's out, but we're like, let's go outside and let's go outside and play while the power's out. Sure. So it was no big deal until like three, four o'clock or so when we're done with that and the power's not back on. And then we have a fireplace and the fire's on inside, but the cold starts to set in a little bit. And then by about four or five o'clock and still no power, I'm pretty much, yeah, I'm pretty much done with this. Let's. Uh, so did you have a, was there a point or a plan where you were going to enact drastic measures no, I don't I don't think so. I mean, we were we were fine. There was never we had actually gone to the store like 2 or 3 days before this hit. So food stuffs were a plenty. We were fine there. And you weren't worried about spoilage? Well, the back porch became our freezer. See, this is what this is the this is the kind of insight I need. Did you did you get the snow and fill the ice chest with snow? No, we had enough ice, and we had enough of like the just uh, portable, you know, whatever things you have in your freezer, ice packs and the like, to uh, to put with the ice for the stuff that was refrigerated to keep it cold enough, and we put it in the garage because it's not quite as cold in there because you don't want that oh, no, stuff. No, this is this is high level thinking here. You've thought right. this through. So we're all good there. There was minimal stuff we had to throw away. But, um, yeah, so power's out, comes back on Monday evening for another three or so hour window, um, but then goes back out before the kids have gone to bed. We haven't yet, but uh, the power's out. But we we had a bad incident a couple of years ago with the, like the control panel for our AC and heating unit when they had like a blackout and a when they turned it back on, the surge like fried the control panel. So the unit is fine, but you can't like control it or actually turn it on. So we're like, well, we don't want this to happen in the middle of the night. And then we're without heat entirely. Right. So we took, I, you know, we disconnected the deal and then we go to bed, but now we don't know when the power is going to come back on. So it does come back on, but we sleep through it. So overall you know, I sleep nice in a cool room. Yeah. Well, I've got about four blankets. I've got like the like thermal uh like underwear on, like stuff that I bought the only time I've ever been on a skiing trip. I think I had some other kind of sweatpants on, a hoodie, like a knit hat on, and four blankets to sleep. That's what it took for me to be uh comfortable. So I wake up at like five in the morning and the power's on this is Tuesday morning. And the power's on, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go connect everything, get the heat running. So put the deal back on there. It boots up in a minute or so, and then it reads out the temperature. 42 degrees <laughs> in my <laughs> Okay, house. that's the lowest one I've heard anybody say. I think the lowest before that was like 51. You got down to 42? 42. <laughs> And then that thing ran, and then I'm worried about, because I, I, I only set it to, like, to warm up to maybe like 50 or 52, something like that, but it runs basically the whole time that the power's well, yeah. on. Well, I mean, but that makes sense, but I'm like... It's a lot well, of work to do there. you got to get it back from 42, and your house is what, like 8,000 square feet? It is not, but it's it's large enough that it had to run for 
for quite a while. So we got power back on then. How did you sleep through 42? <laughs> it's it's warmer in that part of the house than it is where like the uh, the thermostat and stuff is. So it probably wasn't 42 back there. It was probably <laughs> it was probably a balmy like 48. My wife's parents, they live uh outside of Tyler in a very small town um like sm- small enough that they don't even have wa- like they they have a septic tank like they don't have proper plumbing service and their power went out early in the in the um ice storm and it was out I think for 3 days straight wow and they they have a very new home that has the um sprayed in attic insulation and on the roof and stuff to where like the attic's climate controlled. So even after three days, they were only in the mid fifties. So they made it. I I mean, it was, you know, miserable and they didn't have power. So they basically like did the same thing, huddled under blankets. The humorous part of the, the story is their, one of their neighbors when they first moved had, come by, you know, and, and said, Hey, I've got this old generator uh, and I just got a brand new one. So if I, you know, I don't need it if you guys want it. And her dad's like, well, great. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You know that you never know. Cause I guess where they, they live far enough out that, that the random, you know, one or two hour power outage is not uncommon. So when the, uh, when the big storm hit and all the power went out, they, uh, neighbor came back by and was like, yeah, I'm going to need that generator back. <laughs> And they gave it to him. So, so we uh, got the power back on that morning. So that was Tuesday. Yeah. And uh, so got everything back running. Went back and I think I slept for a little while. Um, then got back up. And then it was just, you know, from not as much Sunday, but from Monday all the way through, at least through Friday, like, you know, I'd I'd rack up like ten thousand steps a day, just walking around the house, just checking if if sinks were still dripping or oh. flowing at all. You were so worried about the pipe break, weren't you? Yes. Oh, it was just anxiety for an entire week. And by the time by the time we got to the end of the week, like Thursday, Friday, I can't remember which one it was. Like when I got done with work that day, I was just like so just beat. Like, I just laid around. I think I went to bed at, like, 9 o'clock. Like, I was just exhausted. Being Hey, being anxious takes it out of you. So, so you worked? They expected you to work during all this? Well, we... Tuesday was the only day that the work day was really affected. And I I had power for maybe a few hours during the day. But I was able to work, just check email and stuff off my phone. So I was able to do stuff for at least half a day's worth of work. By Wednesday, Wednesday morning, Wednesday late morning, I would say, um, we were we were back. No more rolling blackouts by like nine or ten o'clock Wednesday morning. So it was only Monday and Tuesday was the was the only time we had that. But I did, you know, I did at Swall Society. I did get a workout in Wednesday morning in the dark, which was. <laughs> Which is pretty wild, but hey, had to do it. Had anxiety. Had to have something to yeah, distract gotta, me for an hour. I, I could think of another way you could relieve <laughs> that. Yeah, but you know, 
you know, keep the swole <laughs> goes away. Uh, it's not as much of a society. Well, no. I, I feel like you, it sounds like you did everything you could write to prep for this. You had food on hand, you had the faucet strip in, you had the exposed fixtures covered. You, you deserve to get through this. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of you for that. It was it was touch and go. The only thing I didn't do was the the water heater up in the attic because when we got power, I think it was that Tuesday morning, uh, everybody's going to grab a quick shower because we've got power and hot water. And, of course, one person didn't get one, which was this guy, because I went last. And when the third individual was about to be done or just whatever... Uh, there's an alarm on the control panel for that thing when there's an error code and it starts going off. I've never heard it before. So I'm already paranoid about busted pipes and just whatever. And all of a sudden this random alarm's going off. I'm just run to the to that side of the house and then this error code is flashing. So then I got to get the manual to figure out what's going on with it. And basically it's just like there's a couple different possibilities. Um... One, there's this part of it that could be clogged, and then the other, I guess it's like the condenser line, it's just too cold, and it's freezing over, or it's pretty much frozen. Um, so there's things that you can do. Am I capable of those things? Maybe, maybe not. So no, I, I, I can answer that question. You're not capable of them. What I chose to do <laughs> was to, there's an on-off button on the panel, and I All clicked right, off. Yeah. And then I went up into my attic, and where the unit is plugged in, I unplugged it. And I was like, no harm can occur while it's unplugged. I will address this at a later time. So, but then that story ends with once we had like a full day of power and everything's running and everything's heating up in the house. And as you know, you have a degree, heat rises. So the attic is a little warmer. Uh, rises. I'm thinking, uh, let's let's see what happens. Let's plug this thing back in and turn it back on. What do you know? It had just gotten too cold. You thaw out a little bit and you're back up and running. So I did fix it, kind of. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, yeah, if the, if the gas gauge is on E and the car's not running, you can fix that. That's... You know how to fix that problem. <laughs> That's right. If it only involves unplugging, plugging back in, hitting something on the side of it, something to that nature, I, I've i got it. Well, let me tell you about somebody who didn't do everything right. My dad. Uh-oh. Oh, no. So his power goes out probably around the same time yours does, and it stays out. And I think hour six or seven, he's like, I, I'm going to a hotel. I'm done with this. So he and mom pack up, and they head to the La Quinta. They get the last room at the La Quinta. It's the presidential suite. They had three bedroom. I didn't even know that such a thing would exist in like a random Fort Worth La Quinta. The three-bedroom hotel room. Laughing at everyone else in line as they're announcing to the rest of the hotel that the last room has just been sold. Stays there for two days. Gets back home. Power comes back on. And uh, that's when he notices water leaking out from under the wall oh, in the no. master bedroom. They had a pipe break. 
they uh, were not dripping the faucets. Fairly, uh, fairly big explosion. Now, the the saving grace for my dad is that he has a background in plumbing, so he was able to execute a repair himself without having to call anybody. But uh, yeah, I mean, it required you know taking out a pretty big section of the wall and. Yeah, not not without damage. They were lucky the uh, the place where it occurred it only damaged probably a little section of carpet that they've already been able to replace. Right. The people that have you know two story homes where their their you know ceilings caved in and somebody that we both know I know I'm sure you're aware was actually providing that individual with a quote on flooring for comparison's sake just before the podcast. Oh, okay. That's the couple where the wife is named Tommy 2.0. You know who I'm talking about? (laughs) Um, Do I? Yeah. You know, there's like, I'm Tommy 2.0, and then there's girl Tommy 2.0. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. But pretty much their entire house got destroyed. But go ahead. Make your jokes. It's fine. Well, I think some of that is because they were not there and had no ability to get home and prep. Yeah, and they got the uh, unfortunate text from the neighbor of like, hey, there's pretty good amount of water pouring out of your garage right now. That's awful. And yeah. I, that was what I feared the entire time that that was going to happen. And especially um, after you know a couple days in, uh, we had power back on. And I'm working, but then all of a sudden I notice my neighbor uh, gets in his car out in front of his house and just kind of peels out like as much as you could on the icy road. And I'm like, man, he works at a golf course. He's definitely not headed to work, and he doesn't seem to be real happy. So a few hours later, I was doing one of my regular walks in and then outside of the house just to make sure everything was, was okay. And I noticed on one side of the house and closer to his side, like, there's no snow by a certain area. It's somehow been oh, magically no. thawed. And he had a pipe that was uh, oh, no. in and around the laundry room that busted that gave him a nice surprise. And so that I am, I've gone from paranoid to super paranoid. Like, it's just every thought is at any moment I'm going to hear some kind of noise, and that's what it is. And then I w- when I would hear something that I wasn't, okay, what was that? Was that a pipe? Go walk around the house again. I mean, I was just, <sighs> I was in my own privileged hell. Yeah, it sounds like it. I'm sure like the homeless community feels really bad for you that you had to get out and walk around your 8,000 square foot house to... <laughs> Make sure your insulated pipes weren't leaking. I, I I understand it's it's a real struggle. Well, they had they had warming centers that they were able to go to all week. I had to endure almost forty eight hours with rolling blackouts. So you didn't do the um, sleep out in your backyard to show solidarity with what those people were going through with the unhoused. Uh, no, I would never do that under any circumstance. Yeah, I've kind of reached an age where I, I'm I'm not going to voluntarily sleep outside. No, but but we made it, and uh, I I was even you know you're nervous. I've got too many people telling me like we get through all the freezing temperatures, then it's going to warm up, and I'm like okay, I think we're good. And then I have too many people in my ear being like, 
Well, now is when the big problems are going to start. Yeah, when now in the, like where the water was frozen to stop the leak from blowing out. Yeah, right. and it, it, yeah, it unclogs. Oh, yeah. So in interior, we were fine for a couple of days and no indication of, you know, pressure being lower, you know, one side of the house or the other or anything like that. Um, but those exterior faucets, like it wasn't until last Saturday, like I was almost like too nervous to go open them up and see what would happen. But yeah, we're, I, we're I'm good. kind of, I haven't turned mine on yet. I'm a little nervous to do that. I mean, I, I, I feel like we're fine, but. Yeah, I think, I think you'd know. Yeah, I feel like I know, but I, at the same time, I'm not in any hurry to go crack, crack open and see what's there. I figure maybe by the time I actually really need to, I'll have completely forgotten about this whole thing, and it'll just be like, well, yeah, of course it works. Yeah, why not? So we have uh, we've survived Arctic Blast 2021. Yeah, the uh, the my biggest complaint is that it's been cart path only since uh, it thawed out. There's just too much water on the ground. Yeah, well, I understand. Absolutely. Do we, uh, in the waning moments of our show, do we want to shift our attention to the big news of the day? We, we've got a new World Wrestling Federation champion. <laughs> and I couldn't be happier about this. I, I really enjoyed it and what they yeah. did. And even as the, the world's biggest Drew McIntyre fan, I was, I was on such a... Cloud Nine after the midair Claymore had been executed. Like, there was nothing that was going to bring me down. <laughs> Not even Mike Mizanin running to the ring to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase. And they did it in a great way. I loved how they did it because a lot of times in the past when they've done this, you know, somebody's been so incapacitated that you cash in the briefcase and there's immediate three count. Well, they, they you think that's what's going to happen because Lashley's administered an amazing beatdown to McIntyre. Miz cashes in the briefcase, and, and Drew kicks out on two. And I, I just picture you at that moment, just shirt off, pulled over the head. Yeah. I, I was wondering, like, are they going to – they're not going to go to that extent. Because if they do that, like Lashley comes out and just beats the hell out of him for like three right. minutes, and then he's going to kick out, and then he's going to win. I was like – you can never have him lose at this point. <laughs> but no, it was a good it was a good little bit of a swerve. So he kicks out of the first one and then the you know, Miz has to execute the skull crushing finale to actually get the three count. But I, I liked I liked that just little added bit of character they gave to McIntyre of, of like he is so determined not to lose this belt. You know, even even when he's unconscious, he's still like reflexively kicking out onto just trying to you know trying to like with every last dying breath fight it out but it's it's great it's a great storyline because it actually sets up some intrigue going into the wrestlemania main event which or not i'm assuming it'll be the main event but at least on one of the days but at least the title match at wrestlemania right um which i'm assuming by the time we get there will be lashley versus mcintyre um with the you know miz dropping it at some point but yeah and it looks like Miz is going to drop it uh, maybe as early as next week's Monday Night <laughs> yes. Raw. I, the I, countdown could be on for his title reign. Yeah, I, I hope they work in some kind of a storyline where he finds a way to not necessarily win a match, but just finds a way just to 
just to stall or just finagle some more time. No, in the uh, in the classic vein of you know vintage Ric Flair, I would love the heel champion that's afraid to fight anybody that constantly figures ways to weasel out of putting the title on the line. I, I love those storylines, but I think in this case it, it's going to be uh, going to be short and sweet, and then we're gonna we're gonna build for the two big men going at it at Mania, which I'm I think will be great. I'm I'm uh, I'm okay with that. I'm. You know, barring, you know, obviously, you know, bringing in, you know, somebody from the outside that you wouldn't expect, I, I think I could I could get my arms around that match. Well, and they, uh, we had a pay-per-view last year where they were the, that was the main event, was Lashley McIntyre for the title. And that was a really good match, too. Yeah. But I have, uh, going back, I mean, this is months, I've seen rumors that it was going to be, it was going to end up being Keith Lee against McIntyre against Lesnar, triple threat for the WWE title at Mania. And I'm just thinking, <laughs> did Vince just look at it and like Keith Lee got COVID? And he's like, well, I mean, <laughs> seems like Lashley's the logical choice here. Yeah. <laughs> Still kind of gets the yeah gets the demographic ratio to the way he wanted it. Yeah. So you still you're still you're still contending that Lesnar's going to have involvement. I think there's a decent chance. I don't think it's the likely scenario. I mean, he's not even under contract with them. But I, I mean, I assume that could just change any well, day yeah, now. And neither is the big show. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> but that that seems like a. I don't know. I think WWE is going to be fine. You don't think they're going to uh, finally have to file bankruptcy after the uh, law, the defection of the big show to AEW? You think we're going to be okay on this one? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think they're going to be all right. I think he lost to McIntyre in his last match. Yeah, Mac- McIntyre's the le- he's the new legend killer. He's taken over from Randy Orton with a gimmick. Oh, Randy Orton's uh, throwing up blacks. I mean, there's somebody who's done that before. My heart's with them, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna do something cool with the fiend coming back. I think. Uh, I think so. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, I feel, feel like he's you know inside of his soul or whatever. I mean, this will be good. I'm right. I'm, I'm here for theatrics. I'm just anxious to see if that is. Uh, does that go all the way? To Mania, or is that w- one of those like cinematic type matches? Yeah, I it could be. And have they have they? I know that the the uh, muscle mat was saying they're going to release thirty thousand tickets, but they haven't done anything yet, right? I mean, it's still up in the air as far as yeah, nothing. How that's going to work? Nothing's confirmed, and we don't know. Yeah, maybe it's thirty thousand tickets, but they give. 20,000 of them to local heroes and then yeah. it's going to be well, who's going to be working at Kroger right and then there's going to be well, what's the face value and if you don't get in on that what yeah. does the secondary market look or like or do you have to be vaccinated to go and you're dealing with two nights I don't really want to go there and just go one night I want to go no, both dude, we go hard man yeah but I'm also not paying. I'm not paying like three grand to sit. You're not, in the going, you're not paying three grand to go somewhere and wear a mask for five hours, two nights in a row. This is America, man. No, I'm not. 
I'm not, not doing what that. our founding fathers died for. I, if it's that much, I'll save that so I can be there on the front row <laughs> in 2022 to see The Rock going against Roman in the main event. I hope it happens. I hope it happens, but we'll see. I'll be, I'm just, I mean, I'm proud of you. You've already been back to a sporting event as a spectator. I guess I, I guess I have to, I mean, if you count a rate, you know, NHRA racing as one, but I'm, I'm ready to get back. I'm ready to get back to status quo. We watched the, um, edges Royal rumble appearance on the WWE network. And I was like, man, I remember that. It was not that long ago. Yeah. That was fun. Those were fun times. times seeing people and, and now I, crowded in there like sardines yeah right i wonder how that's gonna feel you know a year from now or whenever it is well i i mean i just remember that you know you think about social distancing i remember being in that bathroom at minute Maid park and there was literally a three inches of urine covering the entire floor and everybody was fine with that nobody was looking for the hand sanitizer or you know putting on a mask we just dealt with it we're just tougher back then, you know. This generation today, they just can't they can't handle the pandemic. Wussification of America. Yeah, hey. Go back and revisit our early pandemic episodes. I did see <laughs> did see today that the uh, we've we've may have eradicated the flu as a side fringe benefit. We've replaced it with something 10 times worse, but well, the flu has been eradicated. Uh, well, I mean, at least for like this season. Because I've seen some of that stuff too, and I, I think the main thing I read was more—I don't know if it was for adults or children—but I think it was one of the—it was an article about the like the children's hospital around here has essentially had zero cases whatsoever of of kids being hospitalized because of the flu, when normally they would have yeah whatever fifty sixty cases during a season they've had zero. Yeah, no, they uh the article I read today said that the 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 statistically speaking the 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 flu activity was at 0%. Yeah. So I mean I I think post pandemic I think wearing a mask at places is going to just be it's going to be more common. It's not going to be mandated, but I think it's just, there's just going to be more commonality to it. For somebody walking around the store or something like that with a mask on, right? No, I think that's I think that's accurate. Now, I don't see myself as being one of those people, but yeah, I don't I don't think we'll be pointing and laughing at people doing it, right? And it, it used to be <laughs> used to see it even before this, but it was primarily, you know, somebody that's probably more likely to get up at five in the morning and and watch the the KBO play baseball. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I understand. Uh, I understand what you're saying, but I think it's now going to cross into, you know, somebody who's more into like the Diamondbacks or something. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good analogy. It's a, it's a good analogy. I worked on that all day. No, that no, that was good because you know I thought you were going to go with the Keith Lee route, but you you know you, you surprised me there. So you got Mia Yim and you've got Keith Lee. Mm. Dang, and, that, that would have worked. Yeah, and I feel like in that couple, probably only one of them is going to be wearing a mask. But, you know, maybe maybe they both will. I don't know. Time time will tell. Could happen. All right. Well, is there anything else, anything else we need to get to in this episode? I'm sure um, 
when Swole Society returns, we'll get some updates on what travel's like in Vegas. Here I'm sure we the, have all kinds of stories. In the late pandemic. Maybe we just need to have all of the Swole Society on here. I think... I think going four wide could be uh, could be in order. The the uh, muscle Matt knows how to do Vegas pretty well. He's um I've been in Vegas with him. He he's not uh he doesn't come to laugh when he gets out there. Okay, but I bet you the two of them are probably going to be getting up at five o'clock and going to the gym at the Bellagio or wherever they're staying, <laughs> spotting each other on calf raises and stuff. That's <laughs> that's the no fun part of going anywhere with those guys is they don't ever take a day off. Right. When I'm on vacation, I'm taking the day off. Well, I'm kind of, I don't know. It depends how long the vacation is. Because, I mean, as you know from our Royal Rumble trips, there there was a trip that Dave and I took to Lifetime Fitness on one of them and another where I think we got up at like 6 or 7 in the morning to hit the hotel gym. Yeah, no. I mean, there's there's basically two kinds of people. There's the kind of people that do that, and there's the kind of people that have gained 15 pounds in two months. And... (laughs) I think we know which which one of those two kinds of people I am. Yeah. Si el ritmo te lleva a mover la cabeza y empezamos como es. Mi música no discrimina a nadie, así que vamos a romper.